I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the Get Lit with Becky podcast, the podcast dedicated to your development and helping you light all the way up. My name is Becky and I am business mentor, empowerment coach and founder of Get Lit Inc, the home to your business, career and personal development. And I am on a mission to help as many of you as I can shine brighter and access your fullest potential. It is time to shush that inner critic of yours, break through your limiting beliefs and self-defeating behaviors, build up your self-worth, get out of your own way and fearlessly step into your power so that you can build a life that you love and a mindset that will take you places. This podcast is for the dreamer, the believer, the go-getter and the inspired. Let's get lit. Episode 37 with performance mindset coach, founder of Elevate and Team GB Olympic swimmer, Jack Rex Burnell. Hey, how you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Yes, very, very good. Good. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Get Lit Podcast. I am super excited to have Jack today because Jack's actually a really good friend of mine. He's actually my neighbor, which is great. So I'm super excited to have you today. And I know that we are going to be talking about so much juicy stuff. But firstly, before I go into anything, I'm going to ask you a question. I didn't prepare you for this, but I'm going to ask you a road question. To you, what does the term Get Lit mean? There's no right or wrong answer here. <laughs> no, of course. I guess from, from myself, I'm a, I'm a sportsman, so I'm from, from a sporting background. So if anyone would ever say get lit or, or anything based around that, it would always mean like we're going to go hard, we're going to go fast. <laughs> it's, it's very like, um, yeah, anything in my world, in the sporting world, it's all about how hard can you push yourself, where can you get, what's your limit? So that's yeah. probably what get lit would mean to me, I think. Amazing. I love that. I love hearing everyone else's versions of it. And it's like, Everyone says their own their own way, but it always kind of falls right back down to the 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 you being your best, you being your best self. Um, so I'm really excited to chat to you today because I know you have the most incredible journey, the most incredible experience. I know that obviously you also like our journeys are very aligned in the sense of now what your work is with Elevate, and we're going to talk a lot about that, and also you as a mindset and performance coach, which is just amazing. And I'm going to really touch on what you said there about being limitless and like achieving your best, and like explore that a lot more. Um, and I know that for you right now in your journey, you're in a really 
really like new chapter where you've obviously just retired from Olympic swimming um, and from your swimming career and everything you've always known. So I'm just going to start with that, like that question. How difficult was it for you to make that decision to leave something that you have always known behind? Yeah, huge. Because obviously I've done this since I was very, very young. So swimming has been a huge part of my life. Sport's been a huge part of my life since well, since I can remember, really. Um, So, and then obviously it turned into my job, you know, and achieving, uh, getting to the Olympic Games and stuff, the pinnacle pinnacle of our sport. And coming to the decision of of leaving that was was not an easy one. And it wasn't one thing that made me make that decision. It was, you know, a number of factors that all amalgamated into one to to make, for me to make that call. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I, I really wanted to make sure when I stopped, I wanted it to be, for the reason that I either didn't love the sport anymore or my body was done and I didn't want any external yeah. factors to come into that. So, you know, we talked about this briefly, you know, about not wanting any outside influence to, to kind of factor into that decision making. Um, so I didn't want anything lined yeah. up. I didn't want a job lined up. I didn't want, you know, I wanted to leave the sport with a fresh slate and basically starting anew. So yeah, it wasn't an easy one, but it was a decision that over time, and obviously with all these factors in terms of COVID, my shoulder gave up a little bit. Yeah, I kind of fell out of love with the sport. Um, yeah, they all factored in to make the decision. I'm really interested. I mean, it's so interesting. We're going to explore that a little bit more, but like when you, when you were young, obviously you said you've been swimming since you were in, like a young kid. What was the dream there for you? Like, I'm really interested in this just from like a manifesting perspective. Mm. Like what age were you and how did swimming come into your life? And you think, you know what, I want to, I want to take this to a level where, you know, we all swam when we were kids. What was it about the swimming for you? And what was that like dream? Where did that come from that, you know, I'm going to take it to that next level. I want to take it to that next level. So I guess this is where I differ maybe from quite a lot of athletes. A lot mm-hmm. of athletes love their sport. Yeah. And for me, it actually wasn't the love of swimming. I, I did a lot of sports when I was younger. Um, swimming ended up being the one that I was best at. So that was the mm-hmm. one I pursued. Yeah. But the reason for me pursuing that was my love and drive and passion for competing and being the best. So I had to realign my focus a little bit. I mean, a lot of people kind of just ride off the back of loving what they do. Um, I I had to do what I did to get the feelings from success and from achieving um, and racing. All those factors are what really drove me forward. Um, So as a kid, I just loved competing, whether it was like doing the bed sheets up at the bottom and racing my mum to the middle or... You know, or even on sports day, it was like, who's the fastest? I always wanted to be the fastest, the quickest, or who jumped the highest. Um, so that's all really what drove me. I was never massively interested in swimming. It would just seem to be the thing for me that I was best at. So I, I just sort of rode that wave, really. And, it, and fortunately, it took me to an Olympic game. So I can't complain. Yeah. Do you know what? I think that's actually like, from the perspective of the work that I do, I think that's so interesting that actually your drive wasn't this like desperate desire to be a swimmer it was more to be your best self and therefore like almost having that non-attachment to the swimming probably is what elevated you use your, use your word there um, <laughs> you like elevated you to be able to go to that length because it wasn't really about the actual like the thing itself it was more about the feeling it was more about the accomplishment the achievement which is what everyone always says you know when it when we talk about manifesting and getting what you want a lot of the things that hold people back is their like obsession with the thing so that's really Mm. interesting to kind of know so 
when you were swimming, how much like commitment, obviously to get to an Olympic level and to have the success that you had, what kind of resilience and commitment did that take in terms of your lifestyle um, and like routine and um, I guess on your mindset as well? Yeah, for me, that, that was, it was unrelenting. Yeah. I, something, something I always say to the people that I work with is um, your commitment levels has to match up to what you're trying to achieve. So, you know, if you're someone that's trying to, you know, just say work at McDonald's or work in a bank or whatever, and you're kind of happy with that mediocre level of what you want to achieve, then that's great. And your commitment levels can can match that. Um, But if you're trying to be the best in the world at something, your commitment levels need to be the best in the world. It's not a case of, you know, so they they match up. It's, It's not abnormal to expect someone that, wants to work in a bank that they can, you know, they can go for a drink in the evening and they can, you know, meet their friends and kind of relax because the goal that they're trying to achieve isn't um, a world-class goal. Um, For me, trying to get to an Olympic Games, I was trying to be the best in the world. So, you know, we were training 10 times a week in the pool, three gym sessions a week, um, stretching at home, eating properly, sleeping properly. It was was a lifestyle that I had to, that I had to, be consumed by because I wanted those levels of success um you know and for me that was a key part of me getting to the Olympic Games was being immersed in that environment and being immersed in you know my nutrition and my sleep yeah. and my recovery they're all really really key is that a lot of the coaching that you do with your clients now so I know you work with obviously a lot of athletes now to help them mm. with their mindset and their performance would you say that the commitment side of it is one of the biggest things that you coach or is there like something else that you'll say, like, is there a particular thing that you think really, really elevated your success? Like, would you say it was the commitment? I'd say for me, it was about mindset shifts. So, so a lot of the things I use in my clients, it's yeah. all about performance mindset. And I think that what we're very good at as humans is we, we're good at kind of like keeping the same mindset all day for this, mm-hmm. for everything, for every task we approach. We seem to yeah. kind of like just, we have no recollection or we're not very conscious of the fact that when we enter a dis- different task, our mindset needs to be different because we're, we're trying to achieve different things. So if I'm sat in a room with my family and my friends and, you know, we're just socializing, my mindset in that, in that situation is completely different to me trying to hit my max heart rate in a training session where I have to be unbelievably focused on technique and, and everything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And what I find is really, really important that works great with my clients is that awareness of when you're making that shift. So yeah. I use uh, little physical triggers and they're triggers that you can make unique to you and fit into your lifestyle, whether it's wearing an elastic band on your wrist or it's tapping on a door frame when you go through it. But they're all little tricks and tips that I use with my guys where, you know, there's, there's no science in the elastic band or in the door frame. But yeah. what it is, it's, it's you creating awareness that you need to change your mindset from point A to point B because you're going and you're, you're trying to achieve something different. If I'm with my friends and family, I'm trying, trying to be relaxed and chilled and, you know, be, be a, a ball of light in that room. You know, where, like I said, when I'm competing or training, my mindset's completely different. And, yeah. you know, there's no magic wand for that. But one thing that is the start of everything is just the awareness, the yeah. awareness that you are changing environment. Therefore, you as a person need to change your mentality in that situation because not all, you know, one mentality does not fit all. Um, you know, we, we go through these occasions in life. There's so many different things that we go through that need that shift. It's just that people 
are not aware that that shift needs to take place. Um, And that's where I put those physical cues in. That's really interesting. I really love that. I really, really love that because I think also, like you said, like when we're so focused on being the best version of ourselves, we always think that that's like a one-way street and you completely forget. I mean, awareness is key to everything, but I think you're so spot on there with like, when you're going into your friends, it's a completely different achievement that you want. So you have to show mm. up as a different person. One thing you kind of touched on when you were talking about that commitment and like going all in for that like Olympic um, and like, you know, to be the absolute best. Would you say that there were sacrifices that came along for you in terms of like, that's a lifestyle in itself. Is that a a holistic, all encompassing, a full like balanced lifestyle or is it a lifestyle within that bubble? And w- were there sacrifices that you had to make elsewhere? Absolutely. There was huge sacrifices. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're committing your life to something. I mean, when you're trying to be the best in the world, you've got to remember that so is a lot of other people. They're all trying to achieve your goal. There is only one position that is the best. There is only one person that can fulfill that slot. So, and this is what I talk about a lot with the players and, and the people that I work with as well is there is, there has to be a realization at the start of your journey And as funny and as backwards as this sounds, you may not achieve it. Because if I put 10 people in the room and I work with all 10 of those people and they all have the same goal, no matter how good a job I do or how good their mindset is, only one of them will achieve it because they all have the same goal. So it's, it's about being realistic and comfortable that you're about to embark on a journey. Now, this isn't to stop you embarking on this journey, but the realization that you may not achieve that goal but you may fall just below or you may even fall sideways and it'd be evolve into something else. That, that piece and that inner peace with that will prevent you from becoming depressed and anxious about yeah. where you are on that path because not everyone will achieve what they're trying to achieve. You know, there's probably hundreds of thousands of people out there that, that want to be the best swimmer in the world or they want to be the best runner in the world or the best, best coach in the world. But it's just not reality mm-hmm. that there are positions for everyone to achieve that. The fact that there's one spot. Do you think it's mm. then really difficult to be like happy with a, a silver medal or a bronze medal? Or do you have to train your mindset around knowing to really open up to the idea that like you're still a successful swimmer if you aren't the best in the world? Is that really difficult when you're in a, like in, in an athlete world? It's so different to being a singer or being an artist where someone might love your work, but they also might love this person's work. And yes, you might get to number one in the charts or yes, you're, you might be a number one best-selling book author, but there's still so much like support around, well, you're a one of many best-selling authors and you are an amazing artist and these people like your work, but perhaps this per- person doesn't. Is that a lot, like, this, I guess it's so different in like the world of like Olympic sports. Absolutely. I think that the fact that there is only one position, that that's why I think it's key that you need to, at the start of that journey, realize it may not happen. Yeah. And that's not, that, that shouldn't factor into like you not working as hard or you not putting as much effort in or you not even trying to achieve that goal. But I just think for me personally, with an inner, an inner peace and an, and an inner realization that this just might not happen mm-hmm. is far easier to live with and work towards for me personally than, because otherwise it becomes, yes, it needs to be all, all consuming, but you don't want it to like be of detriment to your mental health. And, you know, if, if something doesn't go right, then that's the end of the world. You have to realize that there's going to be a time when you need to step away from that goal and, and focus on something else. 
Um, and mm. yeah, everything I do, it's all about being realistic and, and kind of before you start on any journey to be the best at whatever it is, realize it may not happen, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't put absolutely everything behind it, but just, just realize that it's about the journey and not always about that end goal. Yeah. And would you say that you like enjoyed your career as a swimmer and like that there's like obviously what, you know, what were those sacrifices for you outside of, outside of it? What Like, you know, were there yeah. like friendships? Were like, did you miss out on going out? And like, do you ever have any regrets around any of that? I don't have any regrets around what I missed because the people I got to meet yeah. and, and the doors that it opened for me were insane i've you know i've been around the world i've met amazing people worked with amazing mm. brands and there's no way i would have achieved all that had i not sacrificed the the drinking you know with my friends in the yeah. park and the going out late and you know going yeah. to the house parties and stuff like that you have to no matter what you're trying to achieve there's going to be sacrifices if it's a big goal there's going to be a lot of sacrifice if it's a small goal there's still going to be a few sacrifices and you know, you'll mm-hmm. just get to that goal quicker. For me, the sacrifices weren't seen as sacrifices. They were seen as choices. For me, Not nothing that. is a sacrifice. It's a choice. You either choose to make yourself better and progress in a certain area, or you choose not to. There's no, I, I, the, the worst thing for me is when people see it as a sacrifice because they see it as a negative. I choose it, I see it as a positive choice to progress as part yeah. of my life that I'm really pushing towards rather than, you know, oh, I've got to sacrifice this thing over here that's better. Well, it's not better because if that was better, that's what you'd be doing. You're making the choice to progress in a better way so that, you know, further down the line, you can reap those rewards. To pursue something you want. And I think that that is like, so you've literally put that so beautifully because I think there is this part of us as a community or a population where we think, oh, but I'm missing out on this and oh, I'm missing out on that. And I, I have those conversations with a lot of the people in, in, you know, our friendship group, you know, they're coaches, they're athletes, they're, you know, they're, they're the top of their game. And yes, of course, there's sacrifices. And I, you know, so many of my friends say to me all the time, like, but don't you wish you could like have a little bit more fun? And I'm like, no, I'd rather help more people. So you're so spot on there about it being a choice. Like I'd rather not do those things so that I can do more of this great work that I love to do. I think that's amazing for you where I'm really interested. Cause obviously now a lot of your work, obviously to get to the level that you got to, there had to be resilience, mindset, performance work, you know, a lot of support there in terms of your, your mentality. And I'm going to talk to you about that in a little bit, but where have you learned these skills to now progress into, you know, your own business Elevate and how you coach other athletes to, you know, their peak performance? Where would you say, do you get, did you get these tips learning? Did you get these tips from the environment that you were in for your coaches? Or has this just been a side thing for you that's been a real interest area that you've developed? I mean, it's something that I've, I've always struggled with my mindset and mentality from day one. You know, I came into the sport really young and I moved to the National Centre, which is a very intense environment yeah. at a young age, which, you know, there were a lot of older people around me. I didn't know how to cope with that. I was childish. And I think, you know, that was a big shock to my system. And fortunately, British Women put a lot of support around me in terms of clinical psychologists and sports psychologists. So I had a massive breadth of, um, of support and help from these guys. And they all had different techniques and tips and the way they worked and talked with me. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, we are all individuals and we all work in our individual ways and things connect with us better than others. So for me, the the, the kind of the product, if that's what you want to call it, or the, the processes that I use with my players has all been born from an amalgamation of what they've t- taught me and how 
you know, I've developed yeah. through my career with their help and also me putting my little twists on things. So I work very practically. I like to put physical cues in place that I can, that are tangible, I can touch, I can feel and that make an impact on my life in that way. Whereas, you know, other people may like just to talk through their feelings and that, you know, they can process it just verbally. I'm a very, I'm a very yeah. tactile learner. I'm, I'm very physical. So for me, that's how it kind of was born. It was born out of, you know, their, their processes that they use with me, but kind of I put my very tactile, physical spin on it and it kind of created this, mm-hmm. this product itself, which was uh, Elevate Mindset. It's incredible. Do you know what's so good as well is that awareness of how you learn. I think so many people don't stop and ask themselves, like, how do I learn best? Like, I'm very visual. Um, like, and I think that we all try and copy other people, but actually what you've just said there is so spot on about how how you've actually learned that. So going into using some of that mindset and like obviously getting to such a high place, what was the pressure like? And how did you how did you like mentally prepare yourself for a big event or going into the Olympics? How the hell does one prepare themselves for that kind of like pressure? Because I imagine it's everything you've ever worked towards, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of people say, you know, and I've had this question quite a lot, how, how do people deal with that? How do, how do you deal with the pressure that you're walking into a situation like, for example, the Olympic Games where the world's watching and the best people yeah. in the world are there? And the thing that I say all the time is, as stupid and as boring as it sounds, it all comes down to the training. It's what you put in. I mean, what you guys see is literally the tip of the iceberg. You know, in any performance sport or in any performance art or whatever it be, Everyone just sees this very, very small tip at the top, which is the performance, which, you know, that's mm-hmm. fair enough. No one would want to see me plowing up and down in the pool doing, you know, average heart rate sets. That's, that's not interesting. They want to see the performance. Yeah. They want to see the peak. But what goes in behind it, that for me is the part that cements my confidence and it cements my belief in my ability. So when I'm stood on that start line, I genuinely go through in the back of my head, all those training sets that I've done, all those times I hit, all that extra stretching that I put in. They're all things that I can stand there and go, yeah, all that's in my backpack. I've got that all there and I can tap into that whenever I want in this race. You know, whereas if I hadn't got any of that, absolutely doubts and and all those things will all flood into your head. But you have to see the work that you put in before the performance as you wiping those doubts away, that's you cleaning away any sort of doubts or any insecurities about your performance. And yeah, for me, it was just about all, always recapping. So I would sit in my room uh, the night before a race, for example, and I would literally visualize what I'd done in training. And I would visualize how good I felt, you know, the, the limits I pushed myself to. And I'm like, I did that day in, day out for a year. Yeah. So this one performance, well, it should be a piece of cake. You know, I've got that all stored up. Um, and that's the same with anyone. I, and the same advice I would give for anyone in life, whether it's trying to be a coach, whatever it be. Whenever it comes down to that performance, you can always revert back to what you've achieved in training because that's yeah. fact. Yeah. You know, all this self-talk's great, but when you can rely on facts of what you've done in the past, that is the best mm-hmm. um, guarantee of, of boosting your confidence. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I love that. And you know what all that is, is just the ultimate trust in yourself. Like what you've said there is like confidence and trust that you've done it before. And I love, I actually really love how practical, realistic and all these facts that you're bringing in, because I do think people can turn away from mindset and performance and elevating your mindset and rising up because they think it's a spiritual chat and they don't realize that there's facts and there's stats behind it and like people always say to me like how how are you so confident when you go and do a talk and I'm like because it's my work and Mm -hmm. like I create this work I'm not making it off I'm not you know I'm not copying someone else I did this I created this I I trust myself and that is where you are I imagine is exactly why you have achieved what you've achieved and it's so great to hear also you talking about visualization because for me it's only something that I've really realized in watching you know in having conversations with you in watching um you know high achieving people talk about their experience how much a lot of the people who are like some of the thought leaders that I really look up to as well you know they were all professional sports players in some degree and I think visualization has been around for years in your in your world right but in in our everyday world everyone's like what's a bit woo woo like visualizing what you want but you literally just you know you explained how you got into the feeling of it you rehearsed over and over and like all the movements they're just a visualization would you say that that's a really big tool that is used a lot in the world of sport absolutely I think people get carried away with the fact that it's all holistic and it's all you know wishy-washy and, and and it's not you, you you can't visualize something that you haven't um like replicated that that for me it's all about visualizing things to boost my confidence because i know i can achieve those things because i've done it in training yeah. and i've put it into practice yeah. and i think that whenever you cement anything in fact it's very difficult for you as a human to argue against it because you know it's a fact yeah you know, um, and that's where all the vision, the strongest visualization comes in is when you are visualizing what you've pr- already achieved to give you confidence to do what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Huge, huge factor in everything I did. So we're going to talk now a little bit about, obviously, this has been all amazing and great. And you obviously reached really high space. But I know there was a quite a difficult time where you got disqualified. Like You talk us through that. How did it feel? What? Tell us what happened, and you know we can. Yeah. Go. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that was this funny. I talk about this 
quite a lot. I mean, that, that was the highest and the lowest point of my career, all amalgamated into one day. Um, uh-huh. So it was strange. So basically, I, was, um, I went into the Olympics ranked number two in the world. And, you know, a medal was fully on the table. I was 100 meters from the finish line and someone grabbed my leg behind me. And um, there was an altercation which led to me being disqualified. And, you know, my whole career had led up to that point. My whole career had led up to, you know, me walking away with an Olympic gold medal. And, and, and that didn't happen. However, it also led up to me becoming an Olympian, which was also happening on that same day. Um, so yeah. Yeah. a lot of emotions ran through me that day, let's say. Um, yeah, yeah high and, highs and lows. How did you manage that? Because obviously performance mindset coaching is obviously helping people nail their performance and become the best. But I imagine a huge part of your work now with like with players and, and athletes is to, to manage what happens if something like that happens. Or also not even the lows that might come but I always feel anyway in general when you hit a peak like that and we've had so many discussions about this in our flats and stuff about mm-hmm. you have these amazing highs you're always going to have a low even if you hadn't have got disqualified there's always a low after such a huge event like that after I host any events I'm like depressed for three days and I'm like why mm-hmm. how did you manage that and like get back up and get yourself back in that pool I think for me there's always got to be a, a feeling of contentment with the feeling you're feeling straight after so the the worst thing you can do is fight that like Mm -hmm. you're gonna feel down you're gonna feel depressed in some way and to start with I don't think there's any point fighting that because that's a natural human response so straight after that race I cried yeah and that was something that I don't do. Um, There was a lot of emotion that all poured out at once. And for a couple of days, that was me. I was a bit of a mess. But I think the fact that I was content with that and and I knew what had gone on and I was happy to ride out those emotions, it made me then, when I was ready to make that switch and go back to the drawing board, I'd got that out of my system. Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to falsely carry this um, feeling of, oh, no, let me just bury this. Let me bury that. It's far better to, to let everything out so you can then pursue whatever emotion and what energy you want to put into the next task. So for me, it was a case of take a couple of days out, bottle it, you know, let that bottle, let that bottle go and and then go back to the drawing board. And I sat down with my team and we just, we just talked it out. We talked Mm -hmm. out what was the positives, what was the negatives, what could we draw from it? And it's about being able to do that and being able to rationalize what happened and put that in the past because you're never going to be able to change that. That is the past. No matter what you do, no matter what you feel about it, you can only control the controllables. And and that for me was a big key for me. I was like, you have to leave it. You have to leave it in the locker. I could have resented the guy that did it, which I did for a little while. Yeah. But the, the, my best feeling was that when I let go of that and, and I was content with saying to him, well, you know, that was part of my journey and, and, I, and I learned a huge amount from it. What did you learn from it? Because that must have been meant, would you say that that was the highest point of your career and the lowest point of your career all in like literally the same space? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It was it was undoubtedly, you know, I was pulling on an Olympic jersey. I was representing my country, which is mm-hmm. the on the biggest sporting stage of the world. And in the same token, I was stood in the mix zone, which is where all the media line up to talk to you, absolutely going off on one at how this was ridiculous and that was ridiculous because that was an outpouring of emotion. The fact that yeah. that got captured on camera, you know, shows how raw that it was and how mm-hmm. much emotion and, and, and time and, that, and energy that I put into that. But in terms of coming back from something like that, for me, I didn't know whether I wanted to come back into the sport. All I wanted, all I yeah. knew was I, I wanted to, 
to right that wrong in a way that felt comfortable to me. And I went back in the very next race, which was the next World Cup race and won. But I, and I used all that energy and, and all that pent up, call it anger, call it whatever you want, frame it however you want. But I used all that, at the end of the day, it's energy. So whether it's anger or depression, yeah. all, that is, all that is energy and you can use it in a way that is going to be positive for what you're trying to achieve next. And yeah, I just channeled all yeah. that into, um, into my goal, which was to prove to the world that I was the best. Um, the fact that it didn't happen yeah. at the Olympic Games is just part of my journey. Were there any other techniques that you had to do to channel that? Or would you say it was a, a, literally a decision of, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take that lesson, I'm going to channel it, I'm going to put my energy into it, and I'm going to just use the fire? Or would you say that there were, did you change any of your techniques? Did you change any of your mindset? Like, did you do anything different? It was, I guess for me, it was a, there was a shift of, of goal. Because obviously the goal had always been the Olympic Games. Yeah. And now the goal was proving that what yeah. went on at the Olympic Games wasn't. So there was a mindset shift in terms of focus of the goal. Mm -hmm. But in terms of my processes and stuff, all very, very similar. Yeah. They're the same goal. I was trying to achieve the same thing. But what I actually had and what really helped me and I could see as a positive was that experience that I'd been to had given me... Um, I, use it, I usually call it my little filing cabinet in my head. So when I'm yeah. in a race, it's very tactical and things happen. And I just saw that as me writing another little note on a, on, on a piece of paper, putting it in the filing cabinet in my brain. So if that event ever happened again, I yeah. could always tap into that and I knew how that felt and how I yeah. could deal with it. That's and that was just, for me, that's, I use that in everyday life. You know, if I, you use it in the most mundane things. You know, if I, if I, for example, even if I get on the train and I get on the wrong carriage, it's, it's a bit further back. But I knew, I knew I can progress. If I, if I went to the end of the train, then I can get off quicker. And, yeah. and as little as that sounds, it's still yeah. like me writing a little note and put that in the yeah. filing cabinet and then I'll use that. It's the people that don't learn from their mistakes and don't take those things on board and think that next time that comes around, I'm going to tap into that. They're the sort of people that will amble through life constantly finding problems rather than solutions yeah um so that's what i used you know progressing into that race and there was altercations in that race where you know proved to the world that i was the best and yeah. i was able to tap back into what happened at the olympic games to right the wrongs that happened there yeah um so yeah it's about learning from them failures absolutely amazing and now since retiring i know that was a big decision for you and like i've i've been here with like i've you know heard you guys talking about when the right time was i know it's been a really big decision how does it feel to have a like it's almost like a new chapter of your life where i guess I know we spoke about this. Obviously, there's so much routine in your life before. And now it's like you're having to navigate a whole new routine. And I know that we obviously spoke with one of your friends who's an athlete as well. And I know it's like so different, such a different life to you. How have you managed that? And how has it been stepping into this new, I guess, life, this chapter of your life? I actually love the fact that I don't have a routine now. Yeah, because okay. it means that I can be really, really creative. I think that routine is a really interesting topic to bring up because... You know, a lot of people speak about routine as this holy grail of, you know, when I'm in a routine, I just work and this happens. What you do when you, when you get yourself into routine and it's a good one, that's great because you're doing all the right things. But there are certain elements of your life that, in my opinion, routine kills creativity. It kills yeah. different thinking um, because a question opens the mind and a statement closes it. And a routine is a statement. Yeah. Your routine is, I do this, yeah. I do that, I do this, I do that. And a question would be, should I do this? Should I do that? 
And those two, the, the, the two ways of thinking about those things are, are massively different. You know, for example, going to the gym at the, the same time and working out at the same time, absolutely that should be part of your routine because that's, that helps you maintain that. But if you're looking to be creative in some way, routine just kills it. And mm. for me, being out of that routine now allows me to think differently. Yeah. A, a, a little tip that I use is I put the cereal in a different cupboard. And I know yeah, that sounds yeah. really strange. And we spoke about this, but when you put the cereal in a different cupboard, you wake up in the morning, you go, where the hell's the cereal? That's a question. You've proposed yourself a question to then be able to think differently. It's not a case of, you know, being creative where you put it in, in, yeah. in, in the house, but it's allowing you to then think, okay, there's, there's my trigger. There's my trigger to think differently. There's my trigger to think, you know, I'm not going to amble through today in the same way that I did yesterday, because if you do the same, same thing, you'll get the same results. The definition of madness is doing the same thing and expecting difference yeah. different results. So for me, that, that, whole breaking routine in the right way is 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 a great tool for anyone to use if they're looking for that spark and that creativity where do you think that line i'm just interested to know where you think that line draws with having habits and routine you know, the particularly the performance and the mindset world talks so much around routine habits you know small habits every single day that get you somewhere and i am the same as you like being a creative person I ha I'm very routine, but I also find that sometimes routine really limits me. And like, you know, the thought of ever having an office and having a team that I have to be seen to. And, and, and when the moment someone starts telling me you've got to be here at this time, I freak out because I am such a creative person. So where do you think that line draws with having habits, routine and consistency in your life whilst also allowing for the creatives? Because you know, all of us that live in this building, for example, we're all incredibly creative people, yet we also need that structure in our life. Where would you coach someone, for example, to find that balance? Difficult question. I think right? you've got to find out the things. Yeah, very difficult. But I think it's all individual for a start. Yeah. But it also, you need, to, you need to find and identify the things and the times in your... I'll revert back to what I said before. At different times in your day, you need a different mentality. Yeah. So at different times in the day, you either need routine or you don't. But you need to be able to break your day down and identify when you need that creativity and when you don't. You know, it is the gym is a great one. Keep the gym at the same time. Yeah. Keep because that will keep you going and keep you in that routine. But when you leave the gym, why don't you go to a different coffee shop? Yeah. Why 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 don't you walk home a different way? Because what you will do instantly by doing something different opens your mind to other possibilities. You know, and and I think it's. It's not so much, um, look, I would never say to someone, right, go to the gym at one o'clock in the morning and then I want you to have your tea at three o'clock in the afternoon. Do you know what I mean? It's not about doing things yeah. crazily. It's just about those little tweaks that allow you to create creativity when you want it. You're yeah. in control of it. So if in the afternoon you always find yourself a bit dry and just you just can't get any creativity, you're just sat there doing emails and that's when you always do your emails. Well, do your emails at a different time or even do your emails in a different place. Yeah, these are all things where you can change your environment, which yeah, changes your way of thinking. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing. Something I found that really worked for me was my breaking up my week. So I have week, I have days that are really routine, like my Wednesdays are clients, and my Thursdays are feeding back to my clients. Monday's like a day where I'm just like, let's go with the flow, and Friday's a day where I'm like, let's go with the flow, and I feel like that is the only thing that has saved me. Um, so I love that. I guess. Okay, so if you were to say three things that have been, or a couple of things, I can tie you down to three things that have been your top, like that you use the most with athletes, players, or I imagine would have used yourself in terms of really 
getting the the best out of yourself. I love how many times you've spoken about finding the best version of yourself, being your limitless self. What would be the, the three techniques or things that have been just fundamental for you? Yeah, the two main ones are actually 100% what, what we've spoke about. Yeah. One being the shift and the awareness of needing to shift your mindset in different occasions. Yeah. Um, again, the key word in that being awareness. Yeah. There is no magic formula. There is no p- specific way that I would, would, would tell you to think. But if I can make you aware that you need to shift, you know, nine times out of 10, you know where you need to shift to. What we do is we just amble through and we don't, you know, consciously make that shift. So, and, and you can put any triggers in place. It could be as wacky, wonderful, or as weird as you want that to be. But just have that awareness that different tasks in the day need different mentalities yeah. to get the best out of them. And then again, the one which you just, which you just recovered, break routine. Break yeah. routine whenever you think that you need to create creativity because yeah. that's so important. You know, routine does kill any, for me, any form of creativity. Mm-hmm. And then I think the third thing for me would just be really fixating on that goal with the realization that you put absolutely everything into it, but because it may not happen, you may as well enjoy the journey. There's literally no point in, you know, embarking on that goal without actually realizing that the beauty is also in the process because that's what you spend most of your time doing. You know, the achievement of the goal is such a small period, whereas that whole process leading up to that is what, is what you're enjoying every day. So why put yourself through the, through the organ grinder and ju- just, just enjoy it? They would be my three things. I love that. I think that basically essentially is all around being present and enjoying the journey. And I think people can get so fixated having goals. I think there's such a fine line between having a goal, being fixated on it and being like, I'm going to get that goal, but letting go of it slightly so that you can enjoy the journey on the way, be present with it. Like I see that with loads of my clients. They're like, I want to be the best coach. I want to earn 10 figures. I want to earn 5k a month. And then I'm like, but what about the everyday enjoyment of every single training session, every single client session, showing up and doing podcasts? Like it's when we're in it that we enjoy it. And I guess um, I, I, literally there has been so many jam packed things in here. I think that everyone, whether they're an athlete or they're not so many amazing like tools that you've shared with us. Um, if you were to give advice maybe to an athlete that's, you know, working right now, what would be your like main bit of advice to say to someone? I think for me, like I said, it's about enjoying the process and controlling yeah. the controllables because, you know, whilst you're on that journey, there are going to be things you cannot control. Um, and there is literally no point you worrying about them. If you if you can sit down and look at yourself in the mirror and go, can I affect this or can I change this? And the answer is no. So whether it be the weather or who else is going to come into your life or you know, if, if the answer to that is no, don't worry about it. Because yeah. any time that you spend worrying about that is completely wasted time. Love you have to control the controllables because... That's all you've got. That's all you've got to work on. And why waste any of your energy trying to think about things you can't control when if you're trying to achieve something great, you need 100% of your energy on the things you can control. Um, so it's been really clear with that and asking you those, asking yourself those questions on a daily basis is really cool. I 
Love that. I don't think there's any better advice that you could give someone. It's literally something I said this morning. I was like, woke up in a bad mindset, literally was like, how am I going to shake this? And I was like, well, I can't control the thing that I'm upset about. What I can control is my energy, my thoughts and what I do next. And I think that that is just the most incredible, incredible feedback. So thank you so much. There has been so many nuggets of greatness in here. So for you, next steps is obviously you have Elevate, which is your mindset performance coaching brand. What's next for you? Um, and you know, talk us a little bit through about what you do with that, what your plans are. Yeah. So I currently just work with professional footballers. That's kind of the, the area I work in. Um, but I'd love to expand that into, cause I think there's so many, um, it crosses so much into business and into yeah. the business world. So I'd love to you know, start working with some business leaders, um, because the decisions that you have to make in sport and what you can control in sport are very similar to what you control at the top of a business. You know, you're involved and you're managing a team of people for the ultimate goal of being the best company or being yeah. the best sportsman. So I think with such a crossover, I think it'd be really cool to work with them sort of guys. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm open to working with anyone, but I think that would probably be my next target audience. Yeah, I mean, everything you've said today anyway, I would say is relatable to anyone who's wanting to better themselves. And uh, maybe guys, stay tuned for a little Get Lit Times Elevate. We've had some Absolutely. conversations, stay tuned. But Jack, thank you so much for joining me today. Honestly, it's been absolutely jam-packed and I am so excited to see your whole new chapter evolve um but thank you so much for sharing all your your good amazing tips with us no worries it's been a great time and thanks for having us on you're an angel thank you so much you have been listening to the get lit with becky rabin podcast the place to be to build a life that you love and a mindset that will take you places thank you so much for tuning in today if you liked this episode please don't forget to like share and review us so that we can keep spreading this light and help more women light up together. Every time you share on your socials or with a friend, you help another person find us and help us spread that light further. If you are a regular around here, don't forget to click subscribe or follow. Add us to your libraries so that you can be notified of all of our latest episodes. And don't forget to also check out all that we have to offer at www.getlitinc.co.uk. That is www.getlitinc.co.uk to help you drop self-doubt and truly step into your greatness. From our group coaching programs, workshops, courses, memberships, and our very own Get Lit Community Coaches, as well as tons of free resources aimed to help you excel in your personal lives, entrepreneurial journeys, and in your careers, we have absolutely everything for you. And if you are looking for a coach that is right for you, then don't forget to head to our expert directory, that is getlitinc.co.uk forward slash expert hyphen directory and you can see our incredible directory of approved coaches ready and raring to support you on your growth journey you know what time it is it is time to step into your power raise your vibration and get lit hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.